0: Welcome to the first episode of African Media Thermometer. I'm Paul McNally. This is a four-part podcast series taking the temperature of the media industry and health reporting in Africa, particularly during the time of COVID-19. This show is brought to you by Cast Media Africa and produced by Volume. Cast Media Africa is the media program for sub-Sahara Africa for the German Konrad Adenauer Stiftung. And over these four episodes, we'll be speaking to some of the top journalists and editors in Africa about how they are reporting on health during COVID-19.
1: You get information around uh, cures and uh, uh, false management regimes.
2: Platforms on social media where the sort of false information that used to go from one person to another suddenly has all of these potential targets and it gets circulated really quickly because people believe they're doing the right thing.
3: We've also seen pictures that have been doctored as well as misleading videos that are being shared out of context in a number of countries.
0: The COVID-19 pandemic has also seen the rise of an infodemic. In this first episode, we find out how misinformation is being spread and fought during this time. Journalists and audiences are being flooded with truths and lies about the disease. And we are trying to make sense of what it all means. Careful fact-checking is not only important for the media, it can stop bad health information in its tracks. Today, we're gonna meet the journalists who are trying to help.
1: My name is uh, Chris Chinaka. I'm editor-in-chief of an organization uh, called ZimFact. It's the first fact-checking organization in Zimbabwe.
0: Chris speaks to us via WhatsApp voice note. That's how we produce this show. People send us voice notes and we edit them together. Chris and the Zimfact team have been encountering misinformation throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, like this story.
1: This story is about um, Bill Gates and um, a local pastor or prophet. It was claimed that uh, Bill Gates, through his Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, planned to test new coronavirus vaccines on Africans. And in a sermon uh, around the same time, a Zimbabwean preacher called Emmanuel Makandiwa also claimed that there was a plan to inject electronic implants into people under the guise of COVID-19 vaccinations.
0: This story of vaccines being tested on Africans as a ploy to inject electronic implants into people made the rounds on social media. It was really widespread, and it's a typical challenge for Chris's fact-checking organisation.
1: This story is uh, important in many respects. It's multidimensional. It was uh, misinformation that had uh, a big risk of misleading people. It's multidimensional in terms of the political angle, the history of Africa in terms of colonialism. Any suggestion that uh, the attempts to make Africans guinea pigs is
0: political overtones. Chris isn't alone in facing this kind of misinformation. Eric Magundi is the managing editor of the East African fact-checking organisation Pesacek, and he is seeing similar kinds of misinformation.
2: So one of the main things that we've seen in terms of misinformation is people speculating about cures. So we've seen people ask whether garlic and ginger and honey and lemon could work against the disease. And these substances have worked against other respiratory diseases. So people are speculating about vitamin C and uh, water with salt and whether these things are actually effective against
0: the disease. Some of these fake cures and symptoms may be false, but harmless. But some of the information going around promotes risky health behaviour. And other myths spread distrust in health authorities, saying that reputable organisations are wrong. And some of this stuff even seeks to do proper harm. Africa Check is the continent's largest fact-checking organization. The deputy's chief editor, Kate Wilkinson, says they have seen these kinds of myths that are circulating change during the pandemic.
3: During the pandemic, we've seen a variety of different types of misinformation and false information being shared about COVID-19. In the early days, it was largely about the number of cases where they were and how many people had died. But as it moved on, we saw the shift predominantly to false information about cures and ways that you could prevent yourself contracting the virus. We've also seen pictures that have been doctored as well as misleading videos that are being shared out of context in a number of countries.
0: While you can find fake news anywhere, the African context throws up some particular challenges. Here is David Achikobi, the Nigerian editor of Africa Check, giving his view. Africa is quite
4: peculiar in terms of, you know, how health misinformation spreads and, you know, some of the pushers and some of the factors that make it spread. I think first and foremost, how does it spread? So there's a a circle of influence and a hierarchical nature of the African tradition where, okay, our elders, we see that there's there's a lot of times mothers, uncles, Aunties send us all sorts of things.
0: It's not just aunties and uncles spreading bad information.
4: And also, we see that the multicultural, the multi religious, and the multi ethnic nature of Africa presents a peculiar problem when it comes to health misinformation. Even in the face of overriding medical evidence or health evidence, people will still stick to believing their pastors, their religious leaders, and things like that.
0: David says if you don't fact-check claims as a journalist, you could be adding to the problem and affecting people's health.
4: Yeah, it's just almost like a doctor that gave a patient a bad pill or a bad prescription uh, because as much as this is a pandemic, it's also an infodemic.
0: But fact-checking these claims that get spread around quickly on social media isn't particularly easy in the middle of a global pandemic. Kate says they have been encountering several kinds of challenges.
3: When we work on the African continent in South Africa, Kenya, Nigeria and Senegal, a common challenge that we can encounter is getting access to data. Sometimes it's not as easy as you would think and you have to pursue many leads and pester a few people before you get the information you need. It can also be difficult to get hold of government officials for official comment or even to ask them to provide evidence for the claims that have been made.
0: In Kenya, Eric's experience with Pesacek is that the biggest challenge is how close to home this misinformation actually is.
2: The main challenge, I would say, in terms of fact-checking health-related claims is the fact that health misinformation can be very personal and it can speak to people at a very personal level. So, for example, if it's someone who's suffering from a chronic disease, and then they see a claim that there's a cure for the the condition that they have, and all they've been hearing from their doctor, from the hospital that they've been going to, is that this condition is uncurable. What they're going to do is they're going to gravitate towards the cure. And it becomes really hard to divorce them of this idea that there's data and there's scientific evidence that the condition that they have can't really be treated.
0: This is why easily understandable and accurate fact-checking is so important, according to Eric.
2: It means that we often have to break in, sort of, to into these networks of trust. So to get people to pay attention to us and to see the information that we're sharing and to understand it. So it means that we have to take some very deep scientific information and data and translate it into a form that people can easily consume. So that means we have to look at reports and we have to break down some of the contents of these reports in a way that not only makes sense for the people who are reading them, but is it's also able to stand up to the highest level of scrutiny.
0: In Senegal, AfricaCheck's French editor, Samba dialimpa Banji, finds that can be difficult to get the right info and make it relevant to an African audience.
5: For me, the the biggest challenge is uh, access to information, access to data and access to uh, relevant sources in the African context and uh, especially in Senegal is very difficult when we are working on a health claim to verify and the other thing is sometimes we really need to contextualize our stories when we are doing the reports and to be able to access to relevant studies made in the country or in Africa but to have to access to those kind of studies is very difficult.
0: For instance, Samba recently found a Facebook video that looks suspicious. But the truth wasn't clear cut.
5: So different claims were made about COVID-19, about the allegedly false tests, about pandemic bonds that was uh, put in place by the World Bank. And another claim was about the, the French doctor, Dr. Rouge of Marseille, was uh, championing the hydroxychloroquine treatment.
0: The video has since been taken down, but Samba says the man in it made several claims, such as that some COVID-19 tests were fake.
5: Uh, and it was a quite interesting story for a fact checker because the uh, claims that was made was based on actually uh, two stories, but how, the claim was made is that some of the claims were false, or some of the claims were out of context.
0: Samba had to go through the video very carefully and divide right from wrong, explaining why some of it may be true, but out of context.
5: That story that are very, very difficult uh, sometimes to, to, to fact check, and the process can be quite long, because you need explain clearly why the claims are false despite the fact that they are based on true stories. So we went through the video and then we wrote a report to explain clearly uh, why some of the claims are false, why other claims are out of context and yeah it's it's a, a very interesting story.
0: Properly fact-checking information isn't just as easy as typing it into Google and finding the answer. It's a skill. But thankfully this is something journalists and fact-checkers can learn. Africa Check has developed a simple five-step process followed by fact checkers across the continent. Here's the deputy editor Kate Wilkinson from South Africa again, explaining the
3: steps. Whenever we undertake a fact check, we always follow the same methodology. We first attempt to contact the person who is making a claim to provide them the opportunity to give us the evidence that backs up the statement. We then compare it to the most recent and reliable information on the topic. That can be a study, or data released by government. We often then speak to experts in the field to try and get some context or analysis to explain the numbers and help people understand what they show. And then we wind it all up with a verdict, which is easy for the reader to understand what the conclusion of our fact check is.
0: Chris from ZimFact in Zimbabwe followed these steps when the story about Bill Gates, vaccines, and electronic implants was making the rounds. He published an article fact-checking the claims, and it had quite an impact.
1: The bottom line in terms of uh, that story uh, was that uh, it was false. And uh, we we posted on our website, the Zinfect website, a fact check called Makandiwa, Bill Gates, vaccines and microchips. It has turned out to be one of uh, the biggest uh, stories that Zinfect has, uh, has published in terms of the audience reach, I think because of the multi-dimensional nature that I referred to earlier on.
0: This impact is why fact-checking organisations do what they do. Chris says they are a resource for all journalists to use. I think
1: those working in the mainstream media should also be using uh, uh, fact-checking organisations as a reference point when they meet uh, information that uh, they believe may not be true is to check with uh, fact-checking organisations whether they've come across this and whether that information has already been debunked.
0: Eric from Pesachek in Kenya recommends that all journalists learn a little from these principles.
2: So the main thing that I would recommend to journalists who encounter health-related misinformation in the reporting is to sort of investigate the origin of this misinformation because it becomes really useful when putting together credible information to also address the source of the false information otherwise all that's happening is you're just treating the symptom of uh, the misinformation
0: eric says one should try address the misconceptions at their source where they're being spread
2: for example a lot of the health related misinformation i have seen in the past has come from whatsapp groups where i have a couple of people who i know really well so family whatsapp groups work whatsapp groups and uh platforms on social media where the sort of false information that used to like go from one person to another suddenly has all of these potential targets and it gets circulated really quickly because people believe they're doing the right thing and uh the other thing that is really necessary is to maintain like as much scientific rigor in your reporting as possible. So basically, you're not reporting on like something sensational. This is uh, information or these are claims that have a very personal uh, impact on people.
0: Strong fact checks on health information during the COVID-19 pandemic are having a real impact on what people believe and subsequently do. Here's Chris again.
1: While journalism and media and professional media in particular, should be committed to publicizing accurate, fair, balanced information. The issue of uh, accuracy and truth around our health is critical, and uh, that uh, we develop a system of how uh, to, uh, if you are into fact checking, how to fact check those uh, those issues particularly where it uh, refers to cures or, or management of uh, the uh, COVID uh, pandemic. Uh, there's a danger of uh, people, there's no intervention of relying uh, on misinformation and sharing misinformation and uh, getting a false sense of comfort. Uh, health issues are normally relegated uh, as a secondary beat, but uh, we now know that uh, health deals with life and death and therefore cannot be a a secondary beat. It is a primary beat where you need skills and uh, we've uh, seen that uh, these skills uh, are in short supply where you need uh, committed journalists who are diligent about um, their approach uh, to to work. (music)
0: This has been the first of four podcasts from Cast Media Africa about how health journalism is adapting to the COVID-19 crisis. In the next episode, we're going to be looking at how COVID-19 affects the business side of newsrooms. And we're going to see some innovation there. Cast Media Africa supports organisations and journalists like the ones you've heard here today. And you can find more information about all of this at our website, www.cast.de mediaafrica. That's www.cast.de mediaafrica. And you can interact with our Twitter handle at Cast Media. Just send us a message. My name is Paul McNally, our producer is Elna Schutz, and thanks for listening. See you next time.